In this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark, and Sam Robertson, we are talking about, well, a little bit about demons, to be fair, but more about the orphan spirit and fatherlessness and the pain in many of our hearts at not fully understanding our place of belonging. Join us for this episode of What the Prophets Say. Well, hello, our loyal listeners. That seems to be how I introduce yes. every podcast because you are loyal, loyal. listeners and we do celebrate uh, your lives. We speak blessing in the name of Jesus from the top of your head to the soles of your, your feet. feet. Yes, over you and yours and all that belong to you. It's a welcome from us here in Glasgow in Scotland to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark and Sam Robertson. And we are locked away in our studio recording. We usually do this every few weeks and record a handful of uh, episodes at a time just we got our notebooks out our bibles out we're looking at the word of the lord where we've been in scripture drinking our cups of coffee and enjoying just chatting and hearing what god is saying and putting the worlds to rights uh, in between so we're filming recording this just prior to uh, this group of episodes just prior to sam being married and we are looking at wedding lists and smiling together and giving him our top tips for being married. Mm-hmm. I don't know how useful they all are. Oh, we take them all <laughs> and consider them. <laughs> take and consider. Good. So you've got this new flat, which I'm, I've am i not been in yet. Yeah. Because it's only just literally keys, just literally through, keys yeah. in hand. And you're starting to put wee bits and pieces in. None of you will move in until the actual... The few day days, after. the days after, which I kind of love yeah. that you're in there together for yeah, the first, first time. Together, I kind yeah. of love that. But you're putting wee things in there and all your wedding presents will go in there. And it's just such an exciting time uh, of life, isn't it, to start off together. And um, I know this is um, probably not the most important question. Colour schemes in rooms? Oh, we've not thought that far. Because what we're, we're working, because it's at, at the moment we're not owning, um, it's a rental, so we're working with what we've got. But it's okay. a beautiful old house style house, massive high ceilings, chandeliers, chandelier, 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 chandeliers, <laughs> massive bay windows, um, but going for quite muted, relaxed, okay. not anything too crazy just now. Well, quite actually, peaceful. a lot of people think of of Glasgow housing as being quite dreadful but the glasgow tenement beautiful beautiful high ceilings most of the glasgow housing stock from that vintage is very very high ceilings a massive big bay windows i think i was measuring i hadn't realized how expensive curtains uh, big curtains are (laughs) and so i was measuring and i think the bay windows uh, from the top of them to the floor is 3.2 meters it's a lot so and that's not all the way to the ceiling so that tells you how tall it's a lot of fabric we had a couple of windows like that um in some of our standard Glasgow ours is similar at the moment high high ceilings and actually you can go to the fabric shop and it's a fortune yeah, to buy it's curtains. a small fortune and by the time you've got particularly if you're in the bedroom and you've got blackout yeah. lining in it to keep the sunlight out um, yes, it can be very very expensive but beautiful fabric I love it. all of that I know that I I love colour very passionate about colour and I line do you do this I line my clothes up in my wardrobe yeah, by colour yeah, and also by uh, cut and shape. Oh, do you? Yeah, so I have like the section for short sleeves, long oh, sleeves, yes, polo, etc. And then colors. I have like in colours, and mm-hmm. then I have a small section at the front of all my favourite clothes, colour coordinated that I'll go to quickly. I don't have the favourites, but I do have. Um, every, it goes from light yeah. to dark. I'm very, you know, particular about yeah, I, it. Yeah, I do that. And I dress often by 
color. Yeah, the same. Rather than by anything else. I don't know whether that's a sound thing or that's a very prophetic thing because you're so wired for knowing what a color does in the spirit realm, the anointing that's in color yeah. through scripture and knowing that it's funny. I just, I knew I needed to put on this um, ready color today. Mm-hmm. You'll not see it, but it's a kind of a, a more on the rust red and i really felt as though it's been in my wardrobe for eight i've hardly actually worn it i mm. bought it in america i think this is chico's dear mm. old chico's in the us my favorite, yeah. my favorite and something you you know sometimes you need to pick a color passion fire and i felt as i dressed this morning oh i need that's passion need. and fire colors yeah and you just know you yeah. just know that that's what god is doing yeah. uh do you know Absolutely. letters on a postcard do you guys do the same thing <gasps> that's a very old-fashioned thing to say uh, well, maybe that could be our next thing that we put on your Instagram page. Do you dress by color or do you just dress by what you fancy? What's clean? Yeah, What's I do <laughs> color though. Color, I'm not like this. I, you'll have noticed if you've been watching, um, mm-hmm. or just well, I mean, you guys won't notice, mm-hmm. um, because this is ahead of time. But literally, this whole week, all I've been wearing is green. Uh, just green, green, green. Because I know oh, it's a green week. Right. It's a green week, and I think part of it is the newness of marriage, of growth, of yes, fruitfulness, new and new beginnings, and just needing to in these last weeks where it does get quite stressful and it gets quite, you know, there's a lot of bitty things before a wedding to do, to be dressing myself in the colour of it's new, it's green, it's life, even as a reminder to myself. And I think sometimes you dress for, you know, yes, because of the season, but you know that you need to put on a colour because you need to remind yourself of a mindset as well. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Colours, I think, are a remarkable gift of God to us all. Incredible. It's funny, one of my children were showing me their Instagram last night and um, their friends' Instagrams more like they show me what they're, what's going on in the lives of their friends because they're generally in shock and horror about some of the behaviour yes. of their friends and they want a debrief. And one of my children was showing me the goth, no, not goth, what's it called, emo? Uh-huh. I can't remember. One of them hates everybody and the other hates themselves. So the difference between a goth and an emo. Anyway, I don't know. but all dressed in black. Yeah. And I just thought, how sad to have robbed all of the creativity of expression and only ever be in that. Uh, oh, head to toe black. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's a, a particularly teenage angst yeah, it is, type. It? Yes. Wild. Yeah over black I, I actually said to one, the son who showed it to me I said how do you feel when you see that and he in very um kind of as he's been conditioned to in his school environment said well you know they get to choose what they want and I'm like no yeah. go deeper <laughs> yeah, don't give do me the, the state school yeah, you yeah, know yeah. answer give me the give me the reality of your heart and he did say it's just, it's sad yeah. because it looks like death. death. It's a connection with death, wearing the clothes of sadness. And I was glad that he was articulate yeah, enough to see, to see. And you do see some people choose death. Yeah, and wear it. And wear it, yeah. Absolutely. And actually, I think death, now this is slightly moving out of the clothes and into skin. I think you can see death on, on somebody's skin. Yeah, on their face. Irrespective of ethnicity and a tribe uh 
uh, or where their family heritage is, you can see it on the skin. Yeah. And no matter what color your skin is, it grays. Yeah. You actually, I think you can physically see death on yeah. skin. It drains the tone and it's the color funny, and the life it out is of funny, it. It's funny, isn't it, what oh, a death spirit does? A, a death spirit, it does. You can spot it on people's faces mm-hmm. who have had it for a long time. Yes, when it's a very dominant Yeah, when uh, it's a dominant thing. force, a stronghold. Yeah. And people, people say, you know, how did you know what spirit it was? Well... I looked at you. <laughs> I looked at you and it was obvious. <laughs> yeah, it was obvious. Seriously. <laughs> I looked at you. That's very, it's very, that is yeah. very true. I do think that's a real skill that needs to be developed when you're doing deliverance ministry, that you are going after the right spirit because demons are a bit wily and you need to be one step ahead and spiritually intelligent and to be able to say that spirit of death, that spirit of suicide, that spirit of perversion, that spirit of greed, that and name it and pull name it, it and out. Get it off. Yeah, Absolutely. uh-huh. And see where it it's attached to the body. And I find in deliverance ministry, yes, you can say get out in Jesus' name. And if that's all you know how to do, bless you into it. But sometimes there is the need to put your hand where the spirit is connected and look at it and speak directly to it to pull it off. And very often when I'm dealing with death spirits, where there's that draining of all color, draining of all life, you are literally grabbing what to me is like a hood uh, or a blanket and often as I pull that up and off, the spirit will come off by mm. m- my prophetic, well, it looks like a prophetic act to the uninitiated, I suppose it is, but in, but also it is very much grabbing the blanket of the spirit of death and removing it. Yes. And you remove it phys- physically and you remove it spiritually and they do they do change. They li- You watch people literally change colour in front you of do. you. Physically literally yeah. change colour. And change shape and change yes. stature. Um, they become a whole other person. Yes. Um, you watch, I think, posture, um, shape, uh, everything, you know, when you've had a demon for a long time and someone's had a, a, a strong force in the midst of them, it does change yeah. your, your your physicality mm-hmm. uh, and you morph almost to image the demon um, or to image its attributes mm-hmm. and, and death spirits, certainly. Um, your The posture, the skin colour and other, other spirits as well yes. there as a... Yeah, there's a morphing to, to to mimic it, and so I, you I mean, when I do deliverance, I measure often the, how that person is looking yeah. and measure it as they go. Um, I actually remember it, we, when we did our deliverance conference with um, Ken Fish uh, this year, Early May this, this year. year yeah. There was someone who I knew had a had a death spirit yeah. for quite some time, got the demon out, and my first. Um, instruction to them was go and look at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. uh, look at how dramatically you have changed just by your freedom how oh, interesting yeah 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 the, the, people do i think it's that place where we pet the demons or we don't really see the fullness of what they're capable of doing there they really want to to destroy you they really you do. Uh, do not want to contain their malice against you and that does compress, compresses your spine, uh, makes your joints ache. And, so and you you expect not just an emotional release or a spiritual release. You When you get deliverance ministry, you do expect a physical release as well mm-hmm. on your physical frame. Wow, that was a slight detour. That was, <laughs> that was an introduction and a half. That was an introduction, okay, to cause. I actually heard the Lord say, um, oh... A few weeks ago now, and you know the way you hear the Lord, you say, man, that's quite strong. So I sat in it because it was weighty and I didn't want to be rude or disrespectful to the people um, who had stewarded this movement. But I really felt like I had no choice but to now, after having sat in it, start to speak it out more fully. 
And it is around the truth of the father heart. We would talk about the father heart movement, um, but that is kind of, I suppose, man-made uh, owning of a truth. Mm -hmm. Really, it's the biblical reality that we have a father who loves us. The father heart message, the father heart of God. And this sense that I am loved and I am the apple of his eye and, and I'm not a disappointment and I am adored by him. That whole understanding of that what should be a foundational piece that we stand on of the radical pursuing love of God that no matter how I score myself or test myself or weigh myself in my own eyes, I'm probably harder on me in the moment than God is. I probably have a, a whip in my hands and I beat myself up and I feel like I am more of a failure and more of a disappointment than God speaks over my life because God loves and he loves passionately and he understands our story better than we understand how we are as we are today. And he's always a God who is turning around and bringing life and redemption with this love, mm. a love that is so sacrificial yeah. that it doesn't suddenly run out or run cold or yeah. run dry or say in a human way, well, I've come to the end of my grace for you. It's not who God is. It's so deep, so pervasive, so overwhelming, this love of the Father that is supposed to be foundational in our hearts and then foundational in the life of a nation where we say there is a God who loves for God to love the world that he gave you know, his one and only begotten son and so on, John three sixteen. Do you want to just make sure that we've covered what we understand the father heart of God to mean? Absolutely, that, that he is uh, the one who makes us sons and daughters. It's the Romans 8 that we are adopted in and yes. by the spirit of God in us. You know, the spirit of God in us is testifying to our entire being that yes. we're adopted in, uh, and we cry Abba from deep within. And I think yeah. there is this security that comes with the love of God. Um, I don't quite like um, the word safe when we talk about the love of God, but no. I think secure because safe, mm -hmm. I think in the context we're in, a health and safety environment, safe spaces. It seems so tarnished, but mm -hmm. the security of the love of God yes. that is a securing force in the midst of us um, and the ability for us to cry, Abba, Father, yeah. um, uh, uh, there. And so the, the God who is not, um, who, who is always lavish and generous with his um, pouring out of love towards us. Mm -hmm. So here's the word of the Lord in, in light of that. I heard the Lord say this, the father heart foundations are not holding in the nations. Mm. They are crooked and do not stand up. What should have been achieved in the nations spiritually have has not been achieved. Now, let me ex explain what I feel like the Lord is saying, because there is an absence of people knowing God loves them. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said this to me. That is not a communication issue. That is a church sin issue mm -hmm. where there was not a warfare in our prayers. There was a selfish, oh, God loves me and I'm going to hide away in the church. Yeah. I'm going to lie on the floor and God's going to pour his love. And there's a need for that. We get that. But there is a sense of it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. So we never made 
the love of God a warfare issue? I know that sounds like contradictions where we said, nation, you will know that there is a father who loves you. Nation, the love of God, we now release it into this land. Nation, we push back the spirit of orphan. We deal with the spirit uh, of fatherlessness in the nation. And in the name of Jesus, we release the ability to know the love of a fathering God. And because we were very selfish about the father heart movement, and we took it as a moment for our ourselves and not as a warfare thing of decree and prayer and the necessity to enforce that in the spirit, by the act of spiritual warfare. I bind that orphan spirit in the nation. Oh, I speak over this nation that you will come into a revelation of the love of God. The Lord said this. He said, I will remove the leaders who gave in error the father heart message as a message that was for you personally and was um, uh, trained in you as an individual thing rather than something that the nation needed to know. And you can see this, this suddenly, this aha, we took it for ourselves. Yeah, we indulged. But we didn't make it known. And the mm. Lord said this to me, that, now this is shocking, so hold on to your hats. He said, you have now moved into dereliction of your duty to war my love into the nations. You did not bind the orphan spirit. Yeah. You did not pull down the structures of fatherlessness. This has now become something that is beyond an emotional lack of belonging in hearts, and it is having a physical effect. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord says, because of fatherlessness in the atmosphere of your nations, you are in a suicide epidemic. Because you did not bind the orphan spirit, there is a rise of ADD, ADHD and physical impairments in children. There is a rise of autism in the under 10s, a rise of self-harm and even food intolerances in the gut. There is Tourette's and stammers and stutters and physical deterioration. And even the Lord says systemic poverty because of the robbing of generational blessings that repetitively was allowed to happen because you did not speak that I love the people wow. and you kept that message to yourself. You did not bind the orphan spirit and you were selfish in understanding that God loved you, but not in saying you are loved by God. You fought, says the Lord, over a little piece of logic truth, and you did not say to the people God loves you, which would have brought them into immediate healing. The Lord says God loves you, I love them, is not wishy-washy, but is a statement of warfaring, liberation and healing to the nation's the Lord says, I will now give back the need for the father heart message to be front wow, and center wow. and to be rewarded with again in the nations. But he says, I will not give this message to who I gave it to before, but I will give it to the strident prophets who will broadcast this truth once again in the days of harvest. I will put it in the mouths of those who will say God loves you, mm -hmm. not with a sense of pandering, but with a determination to make it established in the insides of the people 
of the land, and this truth will hold the atmosphere, and I will give you a warfaring capability to bring this identity of the love of God and to put it into nations' foundations. For do you not know, says the Lord, that you are in a new war season, a decade of war, and this is how you will secure the people. This is how you will stop the demonic whirlwinds. This is how you will secure harvest, says the Lord. You need to bless the people to know that I love them. Even, says the Lord, if you disagree with some of the things that are happening in the nations and in their lives, you must shout the love of God into their lives that they may know they belong to me. And in their belonging to me, I will add fire and call them into holiness. The Lord says, you pursued their holiness, but you gave me no relational access to their hearts because you spoke law of holiness without belonging to a father. And the Lord says, you will speak the belonging to a father first, and I will follow it with the fire of holiness. And the Lord says, watch in the spirit as the love of God is cascaded into the nations. And I don't just deal with hearts and I don't just deal with emotions, but I then deal with the physical repercussions of a fatherless people. The Lord says, you must say with war, God loves you. Wow, what a word. That's intense, isn't it? You can feel, I felt quite humbled but yeah. i felt quite shaken by yeah. the fact that you and i know sam and our loyal listeners know too we are petty and small-minded oh, god doesn't want you to behave like that that is true and there is a need to say actually that the, the, sin is sin but we have lost all communication of the love of god in the midst of people's absolutely. lives absolutely and we've lost our duty to seed the love of God or to put the love of God inside yes. of one another. And we've made the love of God a self-indulgent th- indulgent thing mm-hmm. um, and not taken our responsibility. We have indulged, mm-hmm. we haven't stewarded yeah. the love of God. And so I've taken the love of God for myself, but I have not taken the duty mm-hmm. that I have before God once I have received his love. Mm-hmm. And as I have continued to receive his love, to then be a steward of his love for other people. And there is this sense of, of, of the need to get our eyes eyes off ourselves. I mean, this goes so deep to our, you know, culture yeah. that is plagued by individualism and by by the, the love of self, the idolatry yeah. of self, but actually getting back to a ferocity uh, in our determination of uh, uh, my responsibility mm-hmm. is to make sure you know that God loves you as much as me just knowing it. I have to say, I personally felt quite, quite chastised by this in that I'm very verbally affirming Mm. uh, by instinct and personality. And I'm very used to saying, I love you all all around. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, to my family, particularly we start there and then beyond that. And um, it's funny. My daughter called me on the phone. She was in a friend's car. There was three of them in the car and they were driving and she happened to get me on speakerphone. I was driving. She was driving. And we were, you know, on one of those crackled car to car phone lines. And I was ending the call 
I was going in to preach. So I said, Jessica, Jessica, I've got 30 minutes to hear the word of the Lord. I'm driving. I need to go. So I just shouted down the phone. I love you. I love you all. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you all. And Jessica afterwards said to me, that was the first time people in the car had heard that. They thought it was wild. Now, for me, that's fairly normal, normal stuff. Yeah. But I did think after this word, oh, hang on a minute. Am I saying to people every which way round, I love you? And when did I last say to somebody, God loves you? Mm -hmm. And you need to do business with the fact that you're adored. Not in the, oh, God loves you, they're there, we massage your shoulders. God loves you and that now needs to impact your life. You need to breathe that in. You need to be established in the fact that you are absolutely adored by God. And then I thought, I don't know, yeah, I prophesy a wee bit over people, but is that my, nor- is it your normal? God pr- loves pr- you. Probably not my norm, though. Because you're probably, I love you as yeah. well, are you? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I love you. Yeah. Yes, because you, I've, I will, I hear you say that, you know, and um, particularly when I watch you in your interaction with your fiance and all of that. And I did have this, oh no, moment where I thought, I wonder that if I don't say it, if I withhold the God loves you, do I actually stunt my own heart? Mm. In that I only love those who I love. Yeah. Whereas if I'm used to um, saying God loves you, do I then allow my heart to feel as God feels about everybody rather yeah. than just those that we would have as our favorites? Mm. I did wow. have that thought of, oh, yeah. where have we taken ourselves, ourselves. by not warfaring with the orphan spirit and the fatherless spirit in everybody round about us? Even just by the simple words of God mm-hmm. loves you and the loss of that. Yes. Yes, it's quite sobering really, uh, isn't it? This, this need to to fight that into people's lives. And the fact that God is saying there's so many, it's like we talked at the beginning of this conversation about the physical impact of demons. The physical impact of not knowing, gen, I mean, generation, pain down generational lines, of not having an understanding of being fathered and what it physically does. We are now sowing that in Tourette's and food intolerances and self-harm and autism mm. and suicide. Yeah, the orphan spirit that lands and actually physically impairs and limits yes. and contains. Because the, the orphan spirit is so unsettling. Yes. Isn't it? It is, it is that spirit that makes you feel forever uncomfortable and unsettled and uh, insecure um, and lacking secu- that securing force in you. And therefore, there, it's almost like a no-brainer that that would then have an impact on our minds and on yes. our brains and on our processing. I, I do think that there is a lot of drug addiction and self-destructive repetitive behavior um, all, all those things, I mean, we don't want to list sin, but we could together, that is utterly and completely rooted in I don't feel I belong or I am loved. loved yeah. uh, the fatherless tendencies. And so you see the spiraling of people, oh, yeah. whether it's into bullying or, as I said, into self-destructive tendencies, but how deeply key that is to make sure that we are those who, no matter how repetitive 
the self-destructive tendency we see in the lives of somebody uh, around us, that you can literally unlock that with God is a father and he fathers you and loves you. And you see the whole physical frame align and heal in that one truth. Oh, you do. You really do. It is is incredible. It is incredible. And it's funny. um, Bizarrely, I have this conversation with my children frequently. Because their friends are often in our house Mm. um, and the different ages and stages of university and down into high school. And I'll get this. Mummy, so-and-so of my friends thinks you're a wee bit scary. I'm like, fine. Um, I'll give them a hug and kiss and they come into the house next time. Um, So-and-so of my friends doesn't know whether you like them or not. And it said quite a lot. And so I get to the point where I say to my children, clearly matters that they find value yeah and i'm actually very loving in the home environment you watch me in that mm. sam but all of these teeny boppers around the place and young particularly young adults jessica's age group in their early 20s who want to know that there's a parent even if it's not their own parent who likes them yeah totally to secure them it's, inc- it's incredible, yeah. isn't it? So Jessica's on the phone, oh, so-and-so doesn't think you like them. I'm like, I've met them once yeah. for five minutes. I haven't formed an opinion. <laughs> I, you know, how, did, how did they get there? How did, but, but the interesting thing is they want to know they're loved. So, yeah. of course, then they, they come and I overdo it. And then Jessica just is mortified because I'm like hugging them and kissing them. And, you know, I think you're this, that and the other. And you're so amazing. And, 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 and they, they settle down. And we now have a lot of our children's friends who say, we just want to come and sit yeah, in your house. your house. Why? Because there's parental affection and love. Yeah. And for a small window of time, all is well. Yeah. It's incredible what it does. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The power of God loves you. And the power of, the, of even the like. Yeah, you're liked. You're liked. <laughs> you're liked. You're loved. Yes. And the securing of that does. And that's, it takes us. I think I'm just going here. I'm quite. I'm quite sobered by what you've said because I think it's actually really simple, isn't it? And we make so many complex journeys and paths around how we can be of effect. How many times do we hear someone say, "I want to have impact. I want to bring transformation. Mm-hmm. How do I? How do I do that?" And mm-hmm. actually, coming back to this, the warring of love of the God loves you into the lives of others, and the getting back in our language and in our instinct, uh, instinctive communication in daily life. Mm-hmm. The words of God loves you. The actions that demonstrate that people are loved and in that there is an opportunity to receive uh, and to receive the, the the love of God that actually annihilates the orphan spirit. It, and really it is that we're going for. We're yeah. now not just going, does God love us? We're going, how can I assassinate yep. the fatherlessness yep. in your generational line and the impact it's had on your physical frame? And how can I root out the orphan spirit? And I actually think we're not blunt enough in, in the lives of our friends and our non-Christians or even our Christian friends to say, 
I actually think you feel you don't belong. I actually feel there's a, there's a sense of shakenness and rattledness in a very deep place within you. And you have something we would call the orphan spirit. You feel abandoned, even though you have maybe a present father. But nonetheless, you have that. And I want to say God wants to be your dad. I had a very similar conversation with a friend the, oh, the other day where I thought the the need there was a need from this friend to be constantly affirmed by me um, in a just, do you like, are we good? Are we good? Are we good? And I got to the point where I thought my constant affirmation is actually empowering yes. the orphan tendencies because we're not getting to the root of the issue ah, of why you feel abandoned. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to say, look, I can affirm you a million times and you'll never feel it. It will settle you for a moment, mm -hmm. but it will never go right down to the core of your being. <clears throat> and we had to have a conversation of mm -hmm. actually there is an orphan in there that God wants to heal by his ferocious yes. love. And there was a conversation of and then it obviously went into find Jesus in the memory and, you know, what, how can we get you healed and all the usual inner healing tactics there. Mm -hmm. But the need for this individual to sit, I actually gave them a top tip you gave to me years and years and years ago when I was. Uh, overcoming my orphan tendencies of have a love bath. Run yourself a bath. I used to tell everybody. You to did. Have a love you bath, told me. But now it sounds like a dead dog. It sounds weird. Thing. Have a love bath. But let's just fill up a bath, get in it, and see it as the love and pray. Like, I want to be submerged in the love of God and, and do it as a prophetic act. I told this individual, I said, This is this is Emma's top tip to me when I was dealing well, did with you blame it. Me for I, it. I blamed you. I said, And it works. It worked for me. But, but the need, I think, in our in our diet, we're in such a affirming society where we an affirmation is good, but sometimes you can go round the cycle of yeah. you, I like you, I love you, I like you, I love you, everything's good, everything's fine. That we yeah. pander to the orphan spirit rather yes. than going, let's get you Heal healed. It. Here Heal is it. an issue, yeah. let's get it healed so that yeah. you feel the securing of the love of God deep within. I used to ever do that, you know, like you when did. you get into the into the bath and your fingers go all wrinkly and like you a walnut, yeah. and because you're so soaked I think it must be to do with the salt level in your skin but anyway but it was a sense of a, a very rich prophetic act yeah. of I need to actually saturate myself in the, the love, love of God. God it actually has to do something more than just in my be, body yeah, yeah it has to you know filtrate yeah into the deepest did you I never I don't know did you ever do that yeah oh good for you yeah it was like within my first year of joining <laughs> When when I uh, it was on Earth that I had an orphan an orphan root and we had to get it healed and that was your method. I hope I was polite in unearthing it. Sam, we need to have a conversation. Is that how you started? <laughs> <laughs> no, you were polite, but I'm like, yes, okay, yes. I mean, yeah, I understand and mm -hmm. did it, and it was. I mean, it was remarkable. It, at first, you think this is a bit silly, mm -hmm. um, and then you do it, and you think. Well, wow. the Lord is calling us back there and back into warfare over. And I wonder whether he's resetting this uh, within our understanding because of the dynamics of shakenness. That I think so. God clearly linked that word, uh, as I turn the pages in my notes again, into um, yeah. the decade of war in the war season mm. and the need to secure the people and to stop the dem demonic whirlwinds. Yeah. You can only do that when you're attached to the love of God. It's yeah. going to become absolutely fundamentally key once again yeah. to deal with that. Well, thank you for joining us. We had another intense conversation about colors and demons and orphan spirits and father. We, mm -hmm. we love these little chats. 
So loyal listeners, thank you for joining us for this episode of What the Prophets Say. We will see you again next time. Much love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. If you would like to go deeper with us, you would be very welcome to join our network, the Global Prophetic Alliance. You can find that at propheticscots.com, where we have a comprehensive training program to lead you into deeper realms of the Spirit of God and encounter. If you feel a call in the pull to deliverance ministry, you can download my latest e-course, which is a comprehensive overview of getting people free from demonic oppression, you'll find that at demonbusting.com. Join us on these different platforms for more interaction with Emma Stark, Sam Robertson and the GPA team.